Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast. Are you looking for a way to bring more focus, motivation and drive to your work? Well, the Pomodoro technique could be just what you're looking for. Let me give you a little taste of the power of the Pomodoro technique, courtesy of a little anecdote from Deborah Farmer Chris in the US. I just can't make myself get started, a high school senior told me. She was sitting in my office in obvious distress. College deadlines were approaching, and all she had for an essay were a few scattered notes. Try a Pomodoro, I suggested. Right here, right now. I'll set the timer for 25 minutes. You don't have to finish on your essay, just work on it until the timer goes off, then take a little break. 25 minutes later, she looked up. OMG, I'm halfway done. That totally worked. (laughs) Now, I I don't care whether you're a 15-year-old high school senior or a 50-year-old professional taking exams as part of your career. We've all got study goals, things we want to make progress on. And procrastination, lack of motivation and problems focusing can all too often stand in our way, even for the brightest and best scholars. The Pomodoro technique could be part of the answer for you. Some of you listening have probably heard of the Pomodoro technique before. If you haven't, then I'm going to start in a moment by answering what the Pomodoro technique is and just talking you quickly through the basics. But then whether you've heard about it before or not, you've probably got questions about how to apply it properly and how to make it work for you. So even if you're not new to the technique, uh, stay tuned because today is something of an advanced user guide to becoming a real Pomodoro master. But before we get into the nitty gritty uh, and really start to make the technique work for us, let's start with the basics. So what exactly is the Pomodoro technique? Well, at its simplest, you set a timer for a short, intense burst of work, say 25 minutes, as in Deborah Farmer Chris's example. This block of work is called a Pomodoro. And then 25 minutes later, when the timer rings, you stop work and take a break, maybe five, 10 minutes. Then you reset the timer, do it again. Rinse and repeat. Work while the timer's on, take a short break, then come and do another block. After maybe three of these pomodoros, as they're called, the pomodoro is the block of 25 minutes time, say, while you're working. Uh, After three, maybe three or so pomodoros, you can take a longer break, maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. And really, that's all there is to it in a nutshell. You're working for fixed blocks of time, timed, used before uh, taking a short break and going again. If you want to see some graphical illustrations of all I'm going to be talking about today, uh, I've got an article uh, which breaks down the Pomodoro technique for you, uh, and it brings to life uh, a lot of what I'm discussing with some the help of some handy graphics. Uh, you can find that by googling uh, "exam study expert Pomodoro," uh, and that should take you right to my guide on the topic. 
just before I go on, if you're wondering how the technique got its name, it's all down to the creator of the technique, uh, Francesco Cirillo, who was an Italian student back in the 1980s. Francesco was frustrated at his own abysmal productivity, and so he turned to a tomato-shaped timer, of all things, to start timing fixed-length blocks of work, uh, just as we described in the Pomodoro Technique, and he found that his output soared. The shape of the tomato, uh, sorry, the shape of the timer, uh, the tomato shape is what gives the name to the technique because Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. Okay, so we've got the basics of what the Pomodoro technique is. What about the benefits of the Pomodoro technique? So, you know, why does it work for people? Do I have any evidence to back up my assertion that it's such a helpful technique? Well, here I'm going to have to level with you. This episode, unlike many topics I cover, is a little bit difficult when it comes to the evidence. Because normally what I'm talking about, retrieval practice, spacing, mindfulness, meditation, there's mountains of cognitive psychology data sitting behind these the value of these techniques. And I can reel off any number of well-regarded research studies that show how useful the strategies we talk about uh, on the show uh, are proved to be. This week, the scientific data is a little harder because barely anyone's done any proper research studying the Pomodoro technique. Now, I find that pretty surprising because the technique is so popular among students around the world, as as well as many professional writers, programmers, and really anyone else who has a job where they have to deal with getting large tasks done, often within a kind of sea of largely unstructured time. So lots of people use the Pomodoro technique, but very little research has been done to say uh, to prove out, you know, how uh, what, that it works and why it works. So until all those Pomodoro technique studies start to flood out, uh, I think the best thing I've got to share with you comes from uh, Barbara Oakley, PhD, who is the creator of the world famous Learning How to Learn course, which has been taken by over one million students. She says that the Pomodoro technique is probably one of the most powerful techniques in all of learning. And she has feedback from thousands of people who've taken her course. And she says that the Pomodoro technique is by far and away the most popular that she teaches, according to all that feedback. So there's certainly a good anecdotal evidence base that it can be really, really helpful for a lot of people. So what exactly is the magic? What do we what would we uh, what do we expect about why it works? Well, I reckon personally that there are kind of five main things that the Pomodoro technique is doing for us. Number 1, it helps you stop procrastinating and get started. So often we can get trapped in the web of procrastination because the task we're about to start on is daunting in some way. Perhaps it's just a really big task, like a major essay or written assignment, or perhaps a long programme of test preparation and revision and studying for exams. Or perhaps the task looks hard, like a set of really tough math or engineering problems. What Pomodoro does is it allows you to switch your focus from accomplishing tasks to simply going through a process. The process is simple. All you need to do is sit down and work away at it for 25 minutes. doesn't matter how far you get. The goal you've got is sit there and work away at it for 25 minutes. If you can do that, you'll have achieved what you set out to do. It's a really useful tool in overcoming procrastination. The second thing I think it does for us is it strengthens our determination to keep on trying even when we're not feeling it, particularly because 
the work might be tough or we find it a little dull because the whole object of Pomodoro is you can't quit while the timer is ticking. In other words, Pomodoro doesn't only help you start, it also gives you the motivation to just keep on going once you're in motion. The third benefit, I think, is working with higher intensity. Because of that ticking clock uh, in the background, it sort of bolsters your determination to achieve your goals, that goal of working for 25 minutes or however long you decide, uh, by having that external motivator, that ticking clock to kind of help you get fired up. Many people find that their energy levels feel higher as a result of having mild time pressure. Fourthly, the Pomodoro technique helps you cut out distractions, encouraging you to cut down on any sources of interruption and really try and stay on task. Those distractions are going to be much easier to resist if you're on a Pomodoro. And you might also find you're prioritising your time better, working on elements of the task or project that help you make the biggest progress in the time you've got remaining uh, and helping you avoid getting sucked down kind of time-wasting rabbit holes, uh, which can be really handy. And fifthly, finally, uh, those little breaks, those little regular breaks, short breaks, help you refresh your energy and your focus. Uh, Particularly for cognitively demanding tasks, it can be pretty hard to stay focused properly uh, for too long. But by taking a short break at regular intervals, you you give your brain a much needed chance to just take a moment and reset before going again, helping you keep your overall productivity up for longer throughout the day. So five main benefits to Pomodoro helps you stop procrastinating, get started, strengthens your determination to keep going, helps you work with higher intensity, cut down on distractions, and those breaks help give you uh, a chance to reset and regain your energy throughout the day. So what can you expect when you first start using the Pomodoro technique? Well, it's entirely possible that the first few minutes will feel a bit tough, especially if you are feeling a lot of resistance to the particular task uh, that you've chosen to work on. You might look down at the clock and see, oh, there's only two minutes down. Uh, But you see that there's a break coming up now in just over a little, uh, just a little over 20 minutes. 20 minutes is not really that long in the grand scheme of things. And besides, you're on the clock. You don't want to let yourself down. So you keep going. And lo and behold, 20 minutes later, you finished your first full Pomodoro. Now, if this is all very new to you, even getting through just one Pomodoro, one single Pomodoro in a day might be a great result. The secret to then is to start building up gradually from wherever you're starting, however little it is, until you're putting in a a sort of sensible amount of work each day. Uh, Sensible meaning, don't go mad, see previous episodes on the importance of breaks and not working too hard and making sure you're sleeping and so forth. Um, Of course, you may have more sort of serious concentration issues, in which case you might need to start even more gradually than that. You know, possibly you might have sort of ADHD or similar symptoms that make it particularly hard to focus, uh, or perhaps you could have suffer some serious anxieties around your work or something like that. So, uh, you know, at the extreme end, you can even take this technique right down and just do, you know, really, really short little Pomodoro blocks of maybe even just three to five minutes and only take on you know, one or two of those in the entire day. It may not sound like much, but if that really is all you can do, take comfort that this is far better than nothing. And also, with time and practice, you might find you can gradually increase the length and number of the Pomodoro blocks that you do each day as your stamina grows. Whatever happens, as you practice with the technique, 
you can expect to gradually feel a sharper focus and deeper concentration. Pomodoro practitioners often feel that the technique is kind of effectively training their brain to stay on task when it's supposed to be. And as an interesting byproduct, you may also notice that you develop a more acute sense of passing time. New Pomodoro users often report uh, starting to kind of intuitively feel when they're halfway or five minutes from the end of a 25-minute block, which can really help pace yourself with the work you're doing. So all this sounds well and good, but if you're sitting there thinking, is the Pomodoro technique for me, whether you've tried it before or not, uh, here are my quick thoughts on that particular question. I actually think the world divides up into three camps when it comes to using the Pomodoro technique. There are the people for whom the whole concept of Pomodoro is just absolutely abhorrent, and no matter what they try, and I'm going to be talking to you through a lot of the practical considerations in some detail in just a moment. Um, no matter what they try, you just really don't want to uh, you just really don't want to engage with the technique uh, at all. For others, they absolutely love it and they run their entire lives by the Pomodoro technique. I think a lot of people fall somewhere in the middle of those two extremes, and I'd put myself in this category, where the Pomodoro becomes more of a useful tool to have on the productivity tool belt to be brought out at the appropriate moments. For me personally, I tend to use the Pomodoro technique to get me through particularly aversive tasks. And I'll also use it to kickstart my productivity when it's low, perhaps when I'm having a low energy day, or perhaps if I'm returning to work after a vacation or time off, and I'm having a little more trouble than normal getting fired up. Perhaps, ironically, um, I actually used the Pomodoro technique when I was writing my notes for this particular podcast episode. Uh, it had been a little while since I'd written uh, anything, uh, and written kind of uh, an outline for an episode in this kind of style, and I was finding a little bit of mental resistance to the task more than normal. So I ended up doing two Pomodoros, uh, two 25-minute blocks as it happened to get me started. Uh, and then after that, I found that I was just away. Uh, my motivation and drive was there. I was well into the task. Everything was flying, and I put the Pomodoro timer away and didn't look at it again uh, for the rest of the for the rest of the job. So my best advice on balance would be that if you haven't tried the technique, give it a go and learn how it works for you. And if you have tried it but have questions about the details, then stay tuned because coming up in the second half of this episode, I'm going to be talking you through some of the finer points of using the technique really, really well in practice. Now, when I first teach the Pomodoro technique, either in a live workshop or to my exam study coaching clients, I typically get a lot of questions about the details. So in this second half, I want to just walk you through the answers to kind of the top 10 questions I most often get about actually putting this technique into practice. By the end of listening to these uh, 10 points, I hope that you'll be in a position to implement all this stuff and become a true Pomodoro master yourself, if you choose to be. So the first question I want to answer is how long to make the Pomodoros? When you Google Pomodoro technique, you often see people talking about doing 25 minutes. Uh, 25 minutes is certainly the most commonly talked about timing, but really there's no special magic to 25 minutes over any other length of time. 
If you remember, I was telling telling you about uh, Francesco Cirillo, the creator of the Pomodoro technique. Well, after he came up with this technique, uh, you know, in his student days, he dedicated really an entire career to teaching the Pomodoro technique to people. And he reckoned that most people find somewhere around 30 minutes best, maybe 20, maybe up to 40, but somewhere in that kind of ballpark. Personally, uh, I know I and actually a lot of the, the the kind of clients I work with tend to prefer going for nearer an hour or maybe just shy of that, perhaps sort of 50 minutes or so. So really, this one kind of comes down to finding what works best for you with a little experimentation. And it might vary from day to day, depending on how much energy you've got and maybe from task to task, depending on how uh, engaging you find the task. Second question is how long to make the breaks between the Pomodoros? I typically go for about five minutes if you're doing shorter Pomodoros, sort of more like half an hour, 25 minutes or so. And if your Pomodoros are longer, nearer an hour, 50 minutes, I do 10 minute breaks. Question number three is what to do on your breaks. So this is really key because if you can, what you really want to do on those short breaks, five, 10 minutes, uh, is try as much as you can to avoid distractions. Uh, and maintain your ability to focus when you get back to work. The last thing you want to do is use that break to go and turn on the TV and get sucked into something really engaging or check your phone and get sucked into a, uh, you know, a, a, a mess, an exchange of messages. Instead, if you can, try perhaps going for a short walk, maybe doing a few stretches or making a cup of tea or simply just looking out of the window uh, and taking in um, maybe the details of any, any plant life you can see, a tree or flower bush or something, um, and, uh, and just allowing the mind to, to kind of meditate on that for, for a moment. The key thing, as I say, is on those short breaks, try not to do something that's going to uh, hopelessly distract you and throw you off your, your work pattern. So question four, what about the longer breaks? So as I say, after you've finished maybe three or four cycles of a Pomodoro block followed by a short break, you've then earned yourself a longer break maybe half an hour or so. On these, you've got a bit more freedom of how you use the time. Just be mindful of the time uh, and and make sure you're ready to start again when the uh, break is up. Now, this isn't, of course, to say that 30 minutes is the longest you should ever have away from your books. Far from it. I would expect and indeed encourage you to take longer breaks than that, an hour or two at various points in the day, not least for things like feeding and exercising yourself, but perhaps also from time to time for a little much needed rest and recreation. So question number five, how many Pomodoros should I do in a day? This is actually a variant on one of my all time most asked questions, which is how much should I work for? Well, if you're fortunate enough to have the time, the energy and the focus to be able to put in a solid work routine every day for the for the whole day, then hardened and experienced Pomodoro method users might be aiming for maybe three or four of those sets of Pomodoros in a day where a set consists of three or four individual 25 to 30 minute blocks of Pomodoros. Um, so we may be talking three or four sets and three or four individual blocks of Pomodoros within each set. So maybe a dozen individual Pomodoros throughout the whole day. 
12 or so 30-minute Pomodoros. So that will be about six hours of work once you uh, strip out any little breaks you've had in between. That's actually a pretty impressive output, given you're working with such high focus and intensity during each Pomodoro. As I've said, that may be a completely unrealistic goal for you for all kinds of reasons. So I mentioned that by way of my sort of best answer for, um, you know, if you are trying to take the technique to the max, but really please don't worry if that feels crazy within and out of reach. Start with what you can. Um, and. Uh, you know, within the times, uh, within the time and energy you've you've got to work with. Question number six is: What should I use for the timer? So it's quite an interesting question. Uh, Francesco Cirillo himself recommended a mechanical timer that you actually have to wind up, thereby acting as a signal of your determination to focus. He also really liked the audible ticking it makes as it's counting down, which he saw as a as a kind of cue to keep his brain on task. Today, there are any number of electronic apps and timers out there, and most people I know that use the Pomodoro will use one of these. Personally, my go-to favourite is a little app called Forest, uh, which is free uh, and lets you grow a little tree every time you successfully complete a Pomodoro block and you gradually build up a little forest over time. Makes it a little bit fun. Question number seven. Can I keep working once the timer rings? Again, another really interesting question. Francesco... Uh, creator of the technique says no. He's pretty strict on that point. When the timer rings, he says, that's it. You stop work, even if you're convinced that a couple of extra minutes would finish off the task. Part of his rationale for saying this is that you have to have total respect for the timer. If you don't respect it when it says time to stop, you're less likely to respect it when it says still time to focus. Personally, I'm a little bit more relaxed on this point. If I'm in flow state and getting great work done, I usually keep at it for as long as that spurt of focus and creativity lasts. Could be another 20 minutes, half an hour, even longer. I spend a lot of my time writing, and as any writer knows, it's kind of hard to get into the zone where words fly easily out of your head and onto the page. So when I do get into that zone, I don't want to break the magic. I want to go for it. I suspect that kind of strict implementation uh as Francesco advises, when you stop dead on the timer ringing. I, I reckon that might work better for perhaps other types of less creative tasks. Um, and maybe the kind of more flexible approach that I normally go for might be better for, for writing and problem solving and you know other kind of more creative or intellectual activities. Um, but again, it's there's an element of personal choice uh, and what works best for you on, on this one, I think. Question number eight how should I kind of line up my tasks with the Pomodoro blocks? Francesco was pretty strict on this point too. So he would say you work on one task for one Pomodoro or within one one Pomodoro, you only work on one task and one task only, no exceptions. Of course, you can absolutely take more than one Pomodoro to finish off a task. Some tasks may take two or three Pomodoros. Some might take dozens of Pomodoros over weeks. But his main point here was there's no such thing as a part Pomodoro if you finish the task you're working on before the timer rings. And he doesn't want you to move on to a different task while you're still within one Pomodoro block. In other words, if you finish a task 15 minutes into a half-hour Pomodoro, he doesn't want you to end the Pomodoro early, and he doesn't want you to just simply move on to the next task on your list. He would say that if you finish a task with time still on the clock, 
do more on that task. If you're writing, go back and polish your writing. If you're learning, overlearn it, learn it some more. Personally, this is another area I'd apply a bit of judgment. For example, if I have a pile of looming deadlines tomorrow, gee, I'd probably crack straight on with the next task on my list as soon as I've got one finished, uh, whether that's via taking a quick break or otherwise. And I'm sure Francesco would give us a little pass on that one. Question number nine is how to maintain momentum consistently for the long term with your Pomodoros. So Francesco, again, recommends keeping a tally of successful Pomodoro blocks for the day. I really like this idea. Part of the satisfaction of having a productive day and using the Pomodoro technique is seeing that nice tally of successful blocks building up on your tracking sheet. This is exactly what the Forest app is doing, of course. Every time you complete a Pomodoro block, you grow a nice little tree and add that to your digital forest. If you didn't finish your block because you got distracted, be strict with yourself. Don't count that as one of your successful blocks. And the final point I want to talk about, uh, number 10, is what if I'm interrupted on a Pomodoro and what can I do to reduce interruptions and distractions? I think we need to think about two different sources of interruption, two different sources of distraction, which each have a different solution. The first source is your own brain chattering away with thoughts about things you need to do or things it wants to worry you about. The solution for these internal interruptions is simple but powerful. Write them down. Keep a distractions list by your work desk and just any time those kind of thoughts pop into your head, pop them on your distractions list, deal with them later. Once they're written down, your head will be clearer and more able to focus on the task at hand. What about external interruptions? So family or classmates stopping by your desk and asking you things or interrupting you with thoughts. The best approach, if you can, is to try and brush the person off. Make light of it if you want. Dude, I can't talk now. I'm in the middle of a Pomodoro. But if a Pomodoro absolutely has to be interrupted, uh, no problem. Stop the timer. But sorry, again, you don't get to count it towards your tally of successful Pomodoros for the day. Don't worry, though. The next one will go better. By the way, the last couple of tips uh, I've just mentioned about kind of tallying up your Pomodoros and also having your distractions list are just a little taste of how you can use the Pomodoro technique as part of a complete productivity system, uh, as envisaged by Francesco Cirillo, to run these kind of ultra-efficient, highly productive days. The whole system is pretty impressive, actually, when you see it laid out in full. And even if you don't take everything from it, you can pick and choose elements that sound helpful to you, like the distractions list, I think is a really good tip, even if you don't do the other stuff. I've actually written up the entire system uh, as part of the blog article I've got on the Pomodoro technique. You can find that if you Google exam study expert Pomodoro. That's P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. And that'll bring up that article on the Pomodoro technique for studying, complete with some of my trademark helpful graphics to bring it all to life for you uh, and make everything nice and clear. Again, just punch in exam study expert Pomodoro into your favourite search engine and you should get that article right away. Now, that's almost the end of this week's article on the Pomodoro technique. But just before I leave you, I just wanted to share one final tip, which ties all this in to a lot of what we were talking about earlier in the year with the science of memory and learning. 
Because if you're using the Pomodoro technique as a way of getting through a learning or memorization task, then I want to just share one of my all-time strongest recommendations that I talk to my exam success coaching clients about all the time. And that is building in some space learning as part of your study blocks or your Pomodoro blocks. So right after you come back from one of your short breaks, your short five, 10 minute breaks, what you want to do is spend the first few minutes of that next Pomodoro testing yourself on the stuff you'd just done before the break. For example, if you're making flashcards, then use the first five minutes or so of the next Pomodoro block to test yourself on the flashcards you made in the previous Pomodoro. If you weren't making flashcards, then maybe you could simply just do some blank page recall and brainstorm for a few minutes all the things you could remember from that previous Pomodoro block using a simple blank sheet of paper. This is a really simple tactic that will go a very long way towards really helping the stuff you're learning sink in much faster uh, and so that you can remember it for longer. And with that, that really is a wrap on today's episode. Next time, we'll be wrapping up this little mini-series highlighting focus and concentration. Uh, We started off last week with that fabulous episode about focus with James Lang, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Next week, we have Professor Stefan van der Stiegel in the house, uh, who is not only an attention expert, but uh, also uh, one of the Netherlands' most cool professors, I'm sure. Um, He's great. And he's here with us, breaking down the exact rituals he uses to maximise his concentration every day. Uh, And as a professor who studies attention full time, he's got some really, really interesting insights on maximising your concentration that uh, I think are going to massively help you ramp up your focus uh, when you're studying. But for today, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Good luck with your Pomodoros if you're going to give them a try. Do let me know how you get on with them. And as always, wishing you every success in your studies. Just before you go, did you know you can hire William as your very own coach and mentor to show you the stress-free way to ace your exams by studying smarter, not harder? Find out how at examstudyexpert.com slash coaching.